Luke chapter 1. So we're going to continue in week 2 of our arrival series. And uh, today I got a message out of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, it, it kind of describes the season that we're in and what happened when Jesus came into earth. And we're going to pick it up in verse 5. Are you there? Look at your neighbor's Bible if you don't have one and tell them, are you there? Because I need to read off your Bible. And if not, it's going to be up on the screen. Beginning in verse 5, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named what? Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abibijah, but whatever his name is. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very what? They were both very old. Another translation says they were advanced. I like that. I'm not old. I'm just advanced. Once Zachariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God, and he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, and he was grippled with fear. But the angel said to him, do not, what? Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Come on, that's good. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He that will go before them in the Lord in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn hearts of the parents to the children and disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What a prophecy about John who would become known as John the Baptist. Verse 18, it says, Zechariah then asked the angel, how, how can I be sure of this? Like, are you, are you for real? I'm an old man and my wife is also well along in years. In other words, we're very advanced, extra advanced. The angel said to him, well, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and I'll be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their what? At their what? Come on now, I need you to help me preach this thing this morning. At what? at their appointed time. I want to share a message with you out of these 15 verses that we just read in Luke chapter 1. And I pray that you are taking notes, leaning in as we're going through series every week. As you take notes, I believe you can go through them throughout the week. Studies say that we forget about uh, 80% of what we listen to on a Sunday once we go home and start living uh, our week. So it's important to have notes because as you go back through the notes, it can remember, you can remember the teaching and what we learn from God's Word. So I pray that you uh, take notes. Also, if you take a lot of notes, you get VIP passes in heaven. That's just extra biblical stuff that the Bible says. But I want you to write this down. I got a message uh, for you this morning that God has put in my heart and something he's been teaching me and I hope it can help you this morning as well. So you can take out a notebook or take out your phone and, and use some notes because Steve Jobs was Christian and he believed taking the notes in church. But write this down. Uh, the title of today's message is, It's Complicated, But It's Completed. Come on. It's Complicated, but it's completed. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor. Oh, come on. Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor. It's complicated, but it's completed. Look at your other neighbor on the other side, option number two, and tell him, option number two. <laughs> it's complicated, but it's completed. 
If this is your first time with us today, I pray that you uh, just feel comfortable at home. We're glad that you've joined us at Calvary. We like to have a good time. We love to enjoy church. And uh, I believe that today, if you lean in a little bit, you're going to see that there's a God who loves you and a God who has a plan. Even if you don't believe in God, he believes in you. He has a hope and a future for your life. And uh, even early in the morning at church, we like to have a good time. And we believe in Jesus. That's who we're celebrating this season. That's who we celebrate all year long. He is the hope of all mankind. Anybody believe that this morning? Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray before we begin. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you are so good. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're for us. We thank you, God, that you've never left us, but you are with us here right now. God, we pray that you would move this morning at our 9 a.m. service. God, that you would speak to every heart. We pray that you would lift up every head. We pray, God, that you would heal scars of the past. We pray that you would heal relationships and bodies, God. We pray that you would bring healing wherever there is any kind of disease, God. We thank you that you're the God who answers our prayers, God. Thank you this morning that we can gather under the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, God. We thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, everything that you are going to do. Uh, God, we pray that the Dolphins make it uh, seven in a row. God, we believe it. You're the God that is with us. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Come on, 9 a.m., all God's people say. Can you give God a big shout of praise? Come on, 9 a.m., a big. Anybody ever had to babysit before? Anybody in here ever had to babysit before? Okay, Uh, you know, my my sister now has three kids. My brother has one, so I got four nieces and nephews. And uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we had to take care of three of my nephews, three of my nephews. Now, these are three nephews who are on Red Bull and uh, black coffee 24-7. Like, they don't stop. It was two little boys and uh, a a six-month-old, seven-month-old baby girl. And me and Dad had to take care of them on a Saturday. My sister was going to a wedding, and the wedding apparently took almost 24 hours. I don't know what wedding was that was, but had to take care of the kids all day. And so she came, and she dropped them off early in the afternoon. And, and I thought it was going to be a fantastic day. I love my nephews, and I love my niece. And, and I just said, this is going to be an awesome day. I mean, we had everything. Like, I mean, I'm just going to have so much fun with my nephews. We're going to have a blast. Little did I know they were going to enter in like little tornadoes and little hurricanes into my house. And uh, one of them, I mean, he is just, he cannot stay still. He can't stay still. He needs to be doing something. And uh, in the blink of an eye, they had just walked into our house. I had just came downstairs. In the blink of an eye, he had grabbed the sofa cushions, everything, the pillows, thrown them all on the floor, and decided to jump from the couch onto the pillows repeatedly over and over and over again. And I'm just like, okay, this is getting out of control sooner than I thought. I'm going to have to, like, handle this situation. I mean, my house, in a matter of minutes, looked like a mess. Anybody ever take care of kids like this? And of course, they're my nephews. They're not my own kids. So I'm not going to tell them no. I'm just saying, hey, keep, keep going. Keep going. This is awesome. Keep throwing yourself. And uh, in, in, in my wife's hand was a little six-month, seven-month-old niece. And by the way, my wife looked awesome with a baby. And I think that's just prophetic of what's coming into our life in the next season. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. And uh, <laughs> she, had ju- <laughs> she had just finished... The baby had just finished eating, and you know when babies finish eating, sometimes they spit up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit disgusting. It's nasty. But it, those of you who have a baby know what I'm talking about. Like sometimes a little bit of spit comes out. And if you're having a lot of fun, whatever, going crazy. So every, like, and it's like, here, hold the baby. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Not yet. It's prophetic. It's for the future. I'm not ready yet. I don't know what to do with this. And uh, 
So all of, <laughs> so all of a sudden, my, one of my nephews is jumping, right, on all these cushions and pillows. Another one is like basically like throwing up all over the place. The other one, he's a little bit more calm, but he wants to look for a movie and he's all over the TV. So I put the baby down to take care of my nephew. Say, hey, stop throwing yourself so much. And then I go to take care of my 10-year-old. I mean, just in a matter of minutes, I'm already tired calling my sister like, leave the wedding, come pick up your kids. Ain't nobody got time for this. They're out of control. And as soon as I look, the little baby is headed toward a little pad that we have for our dog so he can do his thing. And uh, that, yeah, yeah. In a, in a matter of seconds, she's almost touching the pad that has already been used, if you know what I'm saying. And it's like, oh my goodness. Like, whose idea was it to have kids? Like, this is insane. What I noticed that day was, first of all, kids, they, they, they are something else. Like, they're just a whole lot of work, and God knows why I haven't had some yet. But, but in a matter of seconds, life can be complicated, life can be messy, and it seems like life can be impossible. I mean, in a matter of seconds, everything was a mess. My house was turned upside down. And my nephews were like, wait, 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 turn down for what? Who cares? We're going to keep on going. In a matter of minutes, this was chaos in my house. I did not know what to do. My, my wife is like, grab the two older ones, leave out of the house, just take them in the car, go somewhere. We were going crazy just in two hours. I mean, this is crazy. And sometimes this is how life can be, right? Life can get messy, life can get complicated, life can get really spirally out of control real quick. Like all of us have complications, all of us have messes, all of us go through things in life that if we are not careful in a moment, life can seem like it's spiraling out of control. All of a sudden it's like, wait, my, my life's a mess. Well, some of us in here this morning, we are like, whoa, my, my life is a mess right now. I'm caught up in some situations. I'm caught up with some addictions, some habits. I'm caught up my relationship. You ever notice Facebook puts up this thing that you could put relationship status? Complicated. <laughs> he don't know. I don't know. It's just complicated. <laughs> but are you guys going out? Are you guys married? I don't know. It's just complicated right now. Ever felt like life was complicated? Sometimes it can feel that way. If we're all honest and we're all transparent today, life can be complicated. Life can be a struggle. Life can be messy. Life can get really ugly. All of a sudden, you're in this financial mess, and you're like, how will I ever get out of debt? God, are you even with me? I mean, my, my relationship, my marriage is headed toward divorce. We haven't spoken in days. I haven't seen my husband or my wife. We don't talk. Things are not the same. You've changed. I've changed. Our finances are down. We are in debt. The kids are all over the place. Some of them have left the home, don't want nothing to do with God. And all of a sudden, life is complicated, messy, and it can seem impossible. And so what we, what we start to do is kind of like me and Diana with our, with our nephew and niece, when life gets complicated and messy, we run from the mess. Like, like, I don't know about you, but I don't like the mess. Like, just that little throw up from my, my niece made me want to throw up. And uh, I'm like, oh, here, Diana, you handle this. That's why you are the aunt. And uh, you're the auntie. And uh, I'm just like, I can't handle it. We, we run from messes. Sometimes, have you ever felt like running away? That's why vacations, we love vacations, because we can ignore the problems that we have in reality. And I'm just going to run away, spa times. You know, times where we just get away, I just need to get away from it because life is going so crazy. Life is so complicated. We just need to get away for a second. And since we run from messes, we think God runs from messes. 
I mean, if I can't handle the complications of life, if I'm having trouble with the things that are disturbing me, spiraling out of control, then surely God must do the same. If, if I want nothing to do with my mess, if sometimes I'm ashamed and feel guilty about my mess, then God must feel the same way. And he must look at me. He must be upset. He must be like, whoa, your life is way too messy. You're way out of control. Until you get it right, I want nothing to do with you. And we think that God runs away from our messes. But last week, we spoke about the arrival in week one, and we talked about waiting on God, and we talked about God in the garden. And when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, what we noticed when we read Genesis chapter 3 is that God did not run away from the garden. God ran into the garden. Come on. There was a mess happening in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve both had eaten whatever it was, an apple, a peach, whatever it was. They ate the fruit that they weren't supposed to. The enemy lied to them when they were afraid, when they had guilt, when they had shame. They hid in the garden. But how many know God doesn't step away from our mess? He steps into our mess. Come on. How good is God that he steps into the messes of our lives? Come on. Anybody thank God for that this morning at 9 a.m.? Come on. Can you thank God that he run, doesn't run away, but he runs right into the messes of our life? This is the God that we serve. He does not step away, but he steps into our messes. And the same way he stepped into the garden, Jesus looked down into humanity and stepped into a manger. Come on, how good is that? That when humanity looked like it was out of control, Jesus came into humanity through a manger. Today he is looking down on you and he does not step away. He steps into your situation. You have a God that is with you. You have a God that is for you. We have a God that came, is coming, and will come again. Come on. That's good news. We have a God that always comes to our side. Luke chapter 1, we just read Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is awesome, and we just read the story of Zechariah. A lot of times we can read this through Christmas, and we go through it really quick, but, but we have to understand the context of this a little bit more. What is happening in Luke chapter 1? Last week we spoke about it briefly, that since the garden to the moment that Jesus was born, 4,000 years approximately have passed. That's a, that's a long time waiting. 4,000 years for this promise to come to pass. And ever since... The last prophet spoke, it's been 400 years since a man of God has spoken about the promise. So all of a sudden we have 4,000 years that have passed and also 400 years since we heard God even mention that promise again. Does it ever seem like God is silent in your life? Anybody in here? One sister. Thank you, sister. Anybody in here? <laughs> Anybody else? Does it ever seem like God is silent in your life? Come on, God. sometimes it seems like God is ignoring our requests or God forgot our requests and God has stepped away from our life. But how good is it to know that God's silence does not indicate his absence? Come on, God is always with us. He's a God who's always by our side. And sometimes what's happening in the silence is really preparation. Sometimes the greatest moments of silence in our life are the greatest moments of preparation for our life. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, he's not ignoring me. He's preparing me. Sometimes God is not that he's ignoring your request, but he's preparing you through your request. God is not ignoring you. He is actually preparing you. So it's been a long time since God has even spoken about this. And all of a sudden, in Luke chapter 1, we see that God remembers his promise. God remembers his covenant. God remembers his people. And in Luke chapter 1, he comes to speak to Zechariah. And he says, Zechariah. An angel appears before him, and he says, Zechariah, do not be afraid. Anybody love those words? Isn't that a comfort to anybody here this morning? Because, because life can be full of fear. How many know this season can be full of fear? 
How many people, you know that suicide rates are up at this time? You know, depression rates are up at this time. People check at the hospitals more at this time than any other season. There's something about the Christmas season that reminds people of things they've lost, things that they don't have. And instead of looking to God, we, also, we often look at the things around us and we start to have fear. And so in this turbulent time, you have to know that the same way that life can get complicated for us, this was complicated times for the Jewish people. I mean, the, what we just read, Luke chapter 1, it sounds cute, it sounds awesome. A little angel, the little Cupid angel, little baby angel with a diaper came down and spoke to Zechariah. But that's not what happened. What's happening is turbulent times. What's happening is very complicated, stressed out times. I mean, the ancient world was just as complicated and as messy as ours, maybe even more. You know that in, in the ancient world, if babies were born with defects, they used to drown them down by a river. It's crazy, crazy stuff. You know, that widows, they were looked at, you know, as poorly. They wouldn't help out the widows. And if the widow sometimes outlived the husband, what they did is sometimes they would find them. You know, that women were looked at second-class citizens, and they were, they were of no value. I mean, these were complicated times. These were ugly, messy times. Israel was waiting on the promise. 4,000 years have gone by. It looks like they've given up on the promise, and now they're under a king called Herod. And Herod was a bad ruler. And they were also under the oppression of the Roman Empire. I mean, these were turbulent, turbulent times. And in the, in the messiness of what's going on, here comes an angel on behalf of God. And he says, Zechariah, do not be afraid. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I know one thing God says, do not be afraid. Come on, anybody glad that we have a God that always tells us, do not be afraid. Oh, come on. How many know life can be complicated, but you don't have to be afraid. Life can be crazy, but you don't have to be afraid. Life can get out of control, but you don't have to be afraid because we have a God who's for us, not against us. Come on. Anybody at 9 a.m. believe that this morning? It says, do not be afraid. Now, Zachariah, obviously, what's he do? He, he gets afraid. <laughs> He's like, wait, this is an angel speaking to me. And the angel delivers him a promise. And what Zechariah does is say, wait a minute, we are old. I love the translation that says that they weren't old, they were advanced in age. Sometimes we're not old, we're just a little bit advanced. And he says, I want you to believe that I'm going to give you a baby. When it says old or advanced, it means that they were over 60 years of age. And now, according to our natural state, we believe that somebody that's 60 years or over is very hard for them to get pregnant, almost impossible. So here we have another situation that is complicated. It's messy. The world that they're living in is complicated. It is messy. And yet God delivers a promise in the middle of the messiness. Here he comes and he speaks a word, a prophetic word in the middle of their mess. And what does Zachariah do? Zachariah doesn't believe it. He says, how can this happen? I mean, me and my wife, we're, we're old, God. I mean, have you seen her? <laughs> have you seen? You know how old she is? I mean, have you seen her? I see her every day, God. And disbelief has come into his heart. And it says that all of a sudden the angel responds by shutting his mouth. And for nine months, he cannot speak. Because number one, write this down. In order to believe the promise with our heart, we need to silence the disbelief in our mouth. In order to believe what God has spoken, sometimes what we need to do is tell our mouth to be quiet. Because what does the Bible say? You know, you know we can drown out our faith. We can drown out our faith by what we speak. We can drown out our faith by what we confess. What are you confessing through the mess that you're going through? You know, what are you speaking? What, is it, what are the things that you are saying? You got to be careful with what you're saying. Because, you know, what you are saying can dictate what you believe. 
what you are hearing, that there's a, there's a connection between our ear and our heart. What you are hearing can dictate exactly where your faith stands. What does the Bible say in the book of Romans chapter 10? It says this, so faith comes from what? And hearing through the? Faith comes through hearing. What you hear will help your faith. If all day long you're hearing that is not possible, there's no way you're going to fix your marriage. There's no way that God is for you. There's no way out of this. Your kids are not going to return. You're not going to get right with your wife. Your husband ain't going to come home. Your husband ain't going to get saved. If you have negative voices all around you each and every day, you need to shut those voices up for a moment and say, wait a minute, I'm going to declare the word of God. I'm going to speak by faith. I'm going to declare that God is for me. I'm going to declare that he does the impossible. I'm going to believe. Oh, come on. Anybody at 9 a.m. can say, I'm going to stand and believe and declare the word of God. Come on. The word of God is filled with over 3,000 promises for us. And sometimes what we declare is just negative instead of the promises. What are we speaking with our mouth? I mean, sometimes our mouth can just keep going crazy. The other day I was in a meeting and I saw two people trying to communicate one thing. And it was so hard. They could not understand each other. And I was looking at them like, if maybe one of you can just be quiet. You would understand what the other person has to say. Sometimes God wants to do something in our life, but all we do is continue to talk. No, God. But God, I don't understand. God, how? I don't. Can you explain to me? Can you give me more evidence? As God is saying, if you would just shut up and understand that I am God and my ways are higher than your ways and you don't understand everything I'm doing, but know that I'm for you, know that I'm with you, know that I will work it out. Come on, church. Anybody glad that God is always in the messes working it out? This is a God that we believe in. That he steps into the messes, even when we can't see it, we have to believe that if he spoke it, oh, come on, he's got it. If God said it, he's got it. Oh, come on. Even if it seems impossible, maybe some of us in here this morning have a situation and we're like, Alex, this thing, it is impossible. You have no idea. We've been married for 25 years. After 25 years, we are about to call it quits. There is no way of fixing this. We've tried counseling. We've tried praying. I've tried laying hands on her in both ways. I mean, I just, I mean, all kinds of hands. And she's laid hands on me. There is no way to fix this. And it looks impossible. But impossible is all you need for a miracle. Oh, come on. Somebody in here needs to know this morning that the main ingredient for a miracle is an impossibility. If you have an impossible situation in your hands, then you have exactly what God needs to do a miracle in your life. What is it that you have in your hands that you need to believe God for? Is it a tough situation? That's the God. We have a God who's in the business of doing tough things in an easy way. We don't have to know it. We don't have to figure it out. Zachariah, his mouth had to be shut so that his disbelief wouldn't continue and he would just sit back and watch God do what he had to do. Sometimes we just need to sit back and watch God's hand move in our life. We don't understand it. It's complicated. It's hard. God, where are you? I don't know. It looks like you're missing. God, how can this happen? And God is saying, be still and know that I'm God. Psalm 46, chapter 10. This is a life verse for many of us. It says, be still and know that I'm God. God, but I, but I don't understand. God, but I just be still and know that I'm God. God, God, but you, okay, God. But you ever know that person that always has to have like that last word? God is saying, be still and know that I'm God. Yeah, okay, God, I understand. But my money, be still and know that I'm God. 
you know I'm overdrafted, God. Be still. And know that I am God. God, but my husband, be still. And if you give me one more remark, I'm going to shut your mouth like Zechariah. <laughs> Sometimes I think that's easier. Because Zechariah didn't have an option. Once the angel shut his mouth, even if he had disbelieved in his heart, he could not speak it out. Because, come on, we're, we're all human, and, and we're going to say the things that are in our heart. And I think sometimes Zachariah, maybe God, what he wasn't doing was punishing him, but he was protecting him. Sometimes our mouth can get us in trouble. I wonder if God wants to really fulfill some dreams of some people in here this morning, but the reason why it hasn't come to pass is because our mouth keeps getting in the way. God wants to fulfill a vision. God wants to fulfill call over our life, but we keep speaking against it. God is saying, be still. And know that I'm God. Church, I pray that through this Christmas season, I mean, we talked about a little, little bit last week, we can, we can run to the malls, and we can run for Black Friday and try to get a TV that's 60 inches for 200 bucks or something like that is crazy, and it's, oh my goodness, I got to make it, and trample people over, and put up some lights and the Christmas trees, and it just seems like the season can be a rush, but I really feel like God is saying, be still and know that I'm God. Through the hard seasons in life, through the things that we don't understand, through the things that don't make sense, just be still and know that I'm God. I'm sorry if I take a little bit longer on this, but I'm just preaching to myself. Be still and know that I'm God. I am in control. I know there's doubt. I know there's fear. I know there's things you don't understand. Can you just be still and know that I am God? Zechariah had no option but to now just watch God do what only he can do. Now he just was going to watch God do a miracle. I mean, it, it seemed impossible. And sometimes it, it seems like we're in a complicated mess, and sometimes it seems like that complicated mess gets worse before it gets better. But isn't that just what God has to do sometimes so that we believe? Right, like in John chapter 11 when Lazarus was sick and he was about to die, and Jesus took an extra two days to go see Lazarus. The disciples didn't understand it, so he had to tell them, listen, listen, I'm going to just make it plain to you guys. Lazarus is dead, but I'm glad so that you believe. Whoa. Sometimes God needs to kill some things in our life just so we believe in his resurrecting power. Come on, this is the God that we serve. Can we just know and trust? You know what, about, what I love about, I'm, I'm out of time. Three, the band can come up. And uh, wow. And uh, he's the God of the impossible. Add some minutes now in Jesus' name. In, in Luke chapter 1, you know what's crazy is that there's two stories in Luke chapter 1. And they're almost identical. They're kind of parallel. Uh, the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah, but he also appears to Mary. And, and where Zechariah didn't believe and asked, how can this happen? Mary actually had a little bit of faith and said, how will this happen? Similar question, two different hearts. And two different responses because Zechariah didn't believe and his mouth was closed shut. Mary had a little bit of faith and her mouth was open with praise. Oh, come on. It's two different things. I wonder when we are in a mess in our life, will we speak disbelief or will praise come out of our mouth? How are we going to respond to what life throws our way? 
Is it a tough season? Maybe. Are you going through hard times? Possibly. Is it complicated? Yeah. But we know God and we know what he can do and we know that he's for us and we know that he's not against us. We know that he's on our side. We know that he's never left us. So what I choose to do is through my unbelief, I'm going to give God some praise. If you know that God is the author and the finisher of life, church, we know this. I mean, come on. This is what we declare every Sunday. This is what we come together and we worship. We just worship for about 20 minutes and we declare God's goodness and we declare God's grace. But sometimes when life comes our way, it's very hard to see it that way. What is faith? Faith is not seeing the end product. Faith is seeing the end product from the beginning. Okay, so, so it's very easy to praise because if you keep reading Luke chapter 1, Zechariah did finish praising God, but he finished praising God once the baby was born. Once John the Baptist was born and the baby's in your hands, it's easy to praise God. Not against Zechariah. Zechariah was blameless before an awesome man of God. God was just teaching him a lesson, but he, he raised his voice in praise once the baby was in his hands. That, that's a little bit easier to do. Come on, if you've been praying for something for the past year, and all of a sudden, it's in your hands. It's easy to praise God. You've been asking for a raise. You've been asking for a new job. Once you get the call, that you got the praise, that you got the raise, the promotion, that you got the job. Oh, come on. How many know we can sing a little louder on Sunday? It's easy. But you have to understand, Mary's position was just as complicated, if not more, than Zachariah. Mary was a virgin. If there's little kids in here and you don't want them to hear that, I'm sorry. But eventually, we're all going to learn what this is. There is no possible way that she could be pregnant. I mean, this was an impossibility to the mass. You know what I love about God? God just doesn't, he doesn't just do difficult things. He does impossible things. I pray that as a church, we always launch out not to do difficult things, but impossible things. Come on. I pray that in our life, we always believe God, not for the difficult things, but even impossible things. Come on, that he will give us this city, that we, we will be a light. Come on, that we will lift up our voice. It may seem impossible, but we serve a God of the impossible. Mary, this is, this is impossible. Mary now is going to be shamed for being pregnant before marriage. She is going to be talked about. She's going to be ridiculed. She's going to have guilt and shame over her life. But I love Mary's response because she doesn't praise God when Jesus is born. She praises God even before the baby was in her hands. Last point, we're going to worship right now. Number two, if you can see it completed, you can praise him when it's complicated. Oh, come on. If you can see it completed, you can praise him when it's complicated. I, I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're up against, but I can tell you one thing. Faith has a different set of eyes. And we don't just see what's around us. We see the God that's in front of us. Come on. Anybody believe that this here this morning, church? Come on. I want you to begin to see the end product in mind. I want you to have faith, eyes of faith. Come on. Start seeing the church take over the city. Start seeing your husband come to the feet of Jesus. Start seeing your wife become that Proverbs 31 woman. Start seeing your life. God, somehow, you're going to answer it. It's complicated, but it's completed in the hands of God. Because Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says that my God in all things he works for good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose all things are going to work out for good we may not understand it we may not see it but all things are going to work out for his good come on anybody believe that this morning
if Romans 8.28, if we can understand this, if we can see this through the season that we are in, oh, come on, then we can lift up a praise before it's completed. Because you're not waiting for the end product to understand that God is in it. In the middle of it, you know he's going to complete. So you can say boldly, it's complicated, but it's completed. Oh, come on, my marriage, how's it going right now? Oh, you got co-workers asking you, you got family members asking you. And, and you can be honest, it's not, it's not ignoring reality, but it's understanding there's a God who's above the reality. My marriage, yeah, you know, right now it's, it's complicated, but in God's hand, it's already completed. My finances, yeah, I'm in debt and I'm trying to get out of this. And it looks like it's impossible. It's a little bit complicated, but how many know it's already completed? Come on. My health and it looks like it's deteriorating and it looks like I'm not getting better and my situation, oh, it's complicated, but it's already completed. The season that Jesus stepped into humanity, it was a complicated season. But from the beginning of time, it was already completed. Because God works all things for the good of those who love him. Come on, can we get up on our feet? I want us to lift up the name of Jesus before we go. Come on, I want us to worship together. And I want you to lift up a praise. Even if your answer prayer hasn't come to pass. Even if it isn't final yet. Even if it looks like God has not stepped into your season. Church, I'm wondering if we can lift up a praise so loud that we say, God, I'm trusting you. I know it's complicated. I know it looks like a mess. I know it looks like this thing is just so messy. But God, I'm trusting you. You have it complete in your hands and in your mind. Come on, let's lift it up. You know what I love about our God is he led by example the Bible says that Jesus seeing the cross that was in front of him he still went toward Jerusalem it was complicated what he was about to go through how many know it was messy what he was about to go through but he knew that in God it was already completed that's why when he was hanging on the cross for our sins he said it is finished it is finished before we can see it. I don't know what you're praying about this morning. I don't know what you're going through this morning. Don't know what you're questioning God about. Don't know what you have fear, anxiety, stress about. All of us, life can get complicated and messy, but I want you to know one thing. In His hands, it's already done. It's already completed. With every eye closed, every head bowed across this auditorium. If you're in here this morning, and maybe it's your first time at our service, second time here in church with us, or maybe you've been coming for a while, but you have no idea who God is 
or maybe you know about God and you've heard about Jesus but honestly you don't have a relationship with him you're thinking God he he must not want anything to do with me because I've done some wrong things and I know I've offended God I know I know I got some things that I'm guilty I got some things that I'm ashamed about the beautiful thing about God is he knows all the details of our life and he still loves us so much he wants a relationship with us that's why he sent his son Jesus the Bible says that all of us are sinners not one person in here is perfect not one person in here has lived a perfect life all of us have made mistakes have committed sins and offended God but the Bible says that where sin came to separate Jesus came to put together God loved us so much that even when he saw us in the condition that we were in even when he saw us making wrong choices even when he knew we were going to turn our back on him he never turned his back on us and he sent his son Jesus this is what Christmas is all about is that the God of the universe came not into a pretty manger but into a messy barn and he stepped into the mess of our life and he said but you know what you can put all that mess on me the Bible says that he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders so that whosoever believes will not die but have everlasting life he carried your sins my sins he carried all of our guilt all of our shame went up on a cross and he paid the penalty that you and I can never pay the Bible says that Jesus gave up his life there on that cross after he died they put him in a grave for three days but after three days sin and death cannot hold him down he's alive in the same way he came before he will come once again church while every eye is closed while every person is praying come on if you're a leader on staff I need you praying this is an important moment a few more minutes and we'll be out of here but if you're in here today and you're saying Alex I don't have a relationship with God but I want a relationship with God I've heard of religion before I've been to church but I want a relationship with the real God I got some things in my life that I want God to forgive me in this moment of privacy eyes closed head bowed I'm gonna count to three and I believe some hands are gonna go up if you're in here you're saying Alex I need Jesus today I want a, a relationship with my father my creator I know that he loves me and I want I want to have this relationship with him I want him to forgive me of my sins know that he's willing and able. the Bible says that today is the day of salvation tomorrow's promise for no man this is your day with eyes closed head bowed if that's you the count of three I want you to raise your hand for a second and then you can put it right back down one two three raise your hand as high as you can I see you God bless 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 you amen 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 Oh, come on, church. Anybody thank God that he's a God who gives life. He's a God who gives us relationship. He's a God who forgives our sins. All these hands that went up across this auditorium, you just made some of the best decision of your life. You're, you're going to make a lot of good decisions in life, but the one you made right now is the best decision of your life. God has a purpose and a calling for your life, and he loves you so much. I'm going to say a simple prayer and I want you to repeat this prayer with me. All we're doing is talking to God. You can talk to God any place, anywhere, however you want. You don't have to come all eloquent with fancy words. God just wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want religion. He wants relationship. I'm just going to help this one and make it easy for you. And I want you to repeat after me. Every eye closed, head bowed. I want you to talk to God. He's here. Know it. That's faith. He's in this place. And we're asking him to come into our life. Forgive us of our sins. The Bible says if we can confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. I want all of us to repeat out loud. In fact, we're not going to leave you alone to say it out loud alone. We're all going to say it together out loud. And we're going to declare this today. I want you to repeat with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. God, I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin 
separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Today, come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I am saved, I am forgiven, I am healed, and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church, can we give God a big shout of praise, 9 a.m., come on.